Hi, welcome to Bolt for Life. I am Garrett Bolt, actor, personal trainer, former powerlifter, pro wrestler, and chronic pain thriver. Bolt for Life is a podcast about living with the challenges of chronic pain. Our goal is to acknowledge, inspire, and relate to people living with chronic pain. I believe it is not only possible to survive, but to live a full life and thrive with chronic pain. No matter where you are in your journey, our mission is to give you the information and inspiration that will help you become Bolt for Life. On this episode of the Boat for Life podcast, we talk with the founder and owner of Beach Barbell, Nick Markey. Nick has a passion for helping people recover from injuries, both past and present. And, you know, he's a really big proponent of resistance training, which I just want to say is basically weights or resistance bands or machines or anything that gives resistance he's a huge proponent of it and loves to help people train and get stronger now if you've ever been offended by a healthcare provider with the way that they've addressed your chronic pain issue or condition you really want to listen to this episode nick proves to us that there are really some great providers out there who care about you and also care about the way that they communicate with you now despite the fact that nick and i had never met before in person we really hit it off check it out it's weird to talk to people about working out. It's like once they try it and they're like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is not like psycho or anything. Like I can, I can do this, you know? So I think once people try it, it's a different thing. And I'm pretty open. So if somebody hits me up and they're like, hey, I'm just interested. I'm just like, do you want to just come to a class and try it one day? Like, I, I don't mind that. Like I said, it's, it's a weird thing to talk to somebody about working out. You know, when they walk in my gym, you know, I have very minimal cardio equipment. It's mostly barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells. So it's like, that looks different than maybe what, they've seen before what they anticipated i don't know most people aren't doing anything so it could just be like i don't know what to expect so this Mm -hmm. seems fine because my goal is to get people lifting weights because i think that's what happens when they go to like an o2 nothing wrong with it i could do well at an o2 because i actually like to do it and i'll like think about what to do and i will plan things like i'm going to do this this and this today right and it's actually enjoyable to me most people that's not the case they walk in and they look around and they probably see all the machines and the weights and they're like Okay. And then they see the treadmill and they're like, well, I know how to walk. Yeah. And they go walk on the treadmill and then they get bored and then they quit. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, how do you get people to do this? Because this is like that old saying with like, if you could put it in a pill, all the benefits of exercise, if you increase skeletal muscle mass, people have reduced all cause mortality, reduced death chance, prove this, improve that, like all these great things. And it's like, well, what do I have to do to get this? Like, okay. You have to do some work, you know, a little right. bit of work. And so I try to figure out what's the minimum effective dose because ultimately most people aren't gym junkies mm-hmm. you know it's just not who they are granted if they're at least getting two days a week and then they're doing some sort of conditioning you know some activity aerobic activity that they enjoy then mm-hmm. it's like dude you're doing the best you can you yeah. know you just have to make yeah. sure you're getting enough fruits and veggies and stuff mm-hmm. you know? like, yeah and build on that you know the progress of it you yeah know? yeah man that that's awesome stuff i think a lot of it is like you said a lot of people just don't know you know like they really don't know so i think that little bit of information and education and then as you know it's addictive i mean once you get results results are are, are addictive you know for a lot of people the reality is i tell people it's like eating your vegetables maybe you don't want to do that right. but it's probably <laughs> kind of good for you right. you know like <laughs> now it doesn't have to be a brutal chore right mm-hmm. like i can season and salt and yep. make vegetables taste pretty good you know, yeah. you know, a lot of people think of it's got to be bland. It's like, no, you could season it up pretty good. And yeah. actually they could taste pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with the lifting. Like it doesn't have to be something where you're crawling out of the place, some grueling workout, you know, like probably that's not going to last for anybody. Right. You know, yeah. even like a seasoned lifter yeah. aren't going 10 out of 10 every single time. That's right. If at all. So try to make it, you know, as low threat as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. So they walk in and they're like, I feel good here. Yeah. You know? and like, <laughs> yeah. This you know, is a good like, thing. <laughs> this is a cool place. Like I feel like this is chill and I can get my workout in and I, I don't feel like there's this weird pressure to crush myself, you know, cause some days you're not going to feel great. And so I'd rather they still show up mm-hmm. and if they're not feeling great, just say, Hey, look, just back it down. It's okay. Yeah. You showed up is what's most important. That's right. You know, you're, you're establishing those links in the chain. Mm-hmm. And then every time you do that, you know, over time, if you look at a, you know, I care what you're like, you know, five, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from mm-hmm. now, that's what I care about. Not where you're at one, two months from now. Frankly, I don't 
care as much about how much they lift. If they're not a power lifter, like right. who cares? Like, right. like, like they don't have a meet to go to, then doesn't matter yeah. in that sense. It's yeah. just like, it's just about them bettering themselves little by little. So that's what I'm trying to do. And then my sense of being a physical therapist is maybe that might push someone over the edge to think, oh, well, maybe this is okay if he's saying I could do it. You know, he's a medical professional, like yeah. trying to use whatever perceived <laughs> yeah, view like, of expertise they might see and might go, oh, maybe I can do this thing, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I've gotten a few people who came to our place because of that fact, because they like, their shoulder was bothering them. So gave them some guidance and recommendations for helping with that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they were interested in the fitness side of things. So, you know, got a few people from that end of the spectrum, which was cool. I enjoy it. If money were no object, I would just be hanging out in the gym you yep. know, for a few hours a day. And just when people walk in and be like, hey, you need help? And they're like, sure. Like, all right, let's do some stuff. You know, like, it's fun to me. It's kind yeah. of, it's interesting. So it, it shows in your work and in your videos. And it's funny because, you know, you and I have never met before, but just through a little bit of contact through social media. The first thing that got me was I like the name of your gym. I thought that was a cool, I'm like beach barbell. It's got barbell in it. It's got to yeah. be good. You yeah. know, right. <laughs> And that concept of using the resistance training with all of your medical expertise, I think that's cool to have under one roof. Yeah, that's and that's kind of the what I'm trying to go for. I was actually surprised because at first it was just going to be Marky Physical Therapy and Gym. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was talking to my, my leasing agent. He's like, that doesn't really roll off the tongue too well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. So then I had a, like a con because it's like, well, there's a beaches in Wilmington. And I like barbell. And it's like beach barbell. And I looked online, you know, like went to one of the, the domain registries mm-hmm. and it was like beachbarbell.com was available. I was like, holy crap. Wow. So I bought it, you know, like, like yeah. a year ago before I even got here. And then I just kept it as the name. So I always try to uh, break expectations. Mm-hmm. Like I had a patient one time. She was, she was funny. She was kind of spoke broken English. So her daughter would always come and we'd be like joking the whole time. Right. I treated this lady for like back pain and then vertigo. And she's just really sweet. Like mm-hmm. she's like in her eighties, very like energetic lady. And so what I would do was I'd put the five pound dumbbell down mm-hmm. and be like, all right, pick it up. You can pick it up. This is our exercise. Just like a dumbbell deadlift right. kind of thing. She's like, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, no, just, just try. Mm-hmm. Just try. It's five pounds. She's like, okay. And she does it. And just like, just do like a set of five. So she did set of five. Okay. And then each time I'd add five pounds. Like mm-hmm. she, next time I did 10 and she'd say the same thing. She'd be like, <laughs> I can't do that. And it's like, just try. And then by like the time we got to like 20 or 25 pounds, she said it. And I was just like, you realize you've said that every single time, but you were able to do it. And she was like, Oh, okay. Like, it was <laughs> right. just kind of funny. She was, I was like, you can say it. That's fine. But right. I guarantee you could probably do it. Yeah. And she actually ended up, I think I, we got up to like 35 pounds. That's I just awesome. kept, I just kept yeah. doing the dumbbell just because it was easy to set up and get mm-hmm. her going and she was used to it. But it's just kind of like the expectation. Yeah. Because a lot of people assume, oh, if I do that, that's going to hurt. Or maybe sometimes you do it. Like I have a lot of people where they'll do a move and maybe it hurts on the first rep. And if I told them to not do anything that's painful, they would have stopped, right? They would have said, oh, pain, okay, I'm done. One rep, you know? But they do it, and I'm like, are you okay? And they're like, I think I'm okay. Like, do you want to try another rep? And they try another rep, and maybe the next rep doesn't feel as bad or anything. They're like, it didn't feel anything that rep. It's like, all right, let's do like a set of eight or something. And then, you know, they go on, and they're fine. But so if I told them to stop when they feel pain, they would have stopped. And then a lot of people have pain already regardless. So if you say, don't do anything that's painful, they're like, well, I guess that just means I don't do anything at all because I have pain all the time. And so I was just kind of, I guess, flippantly tell people, I'm like, well, if you're going to have pain without doing stuff and you're going to have pain with doing stuff, might as well do stuff and at least not try to make the pain worse. Because obviously if we're doing something and your pain is getting worse, mm-hmm. the barbell medicine crew kind of use the term formulation or dose. And if you think of like a medicine, it's like a different formulation or something. Right. Maybe that particular lift is not right for you right now, mm-hmm. or maybe the dose. What variable do you adjust? Because maybe for certain things, for whatever reason, maybe it's the mechanics, maybe it's just fear You know, mm-hmm. with certain things, like this just is very fearful. But then you try a different way that looks a little different, seems a little different, and then they're okay. Like it's, you know, it's it's interesting. And I have people where they'll do stuff with me and they'll feel okay. They're like, dude, every time I come here, I can do all this stuff. And then I go home and it's tough. Well, you got to look at the context, right? You're in a different situation. You're lifting with a quote unquote expert, right? you know, you maybe feel safer. At the very least, you don't feel worse after we do what we do because right. I don't want that. Right. But I try to help them understand that because then they kind of start thinking about, wow, okay. So if I feel okay doing this and I feel okay after doing this, maybe I am okay. And maybe with my myself, I'll go at a smaller dose and try it that way, you know, on my own. 
lots of different variables involved there. So I try to trickle that in because, you know, when I first learned about the modern pain science of like, you know, the spinal cord and the brain and then involving, you know, emotions and beliefs and what they've been told and fears and all this stuff, like all this extra stuff, right? Not just like what's going on in the spot. I just would just verbal diarrhea, just be like, hey, blah. Yeah. Like, oh, you have chronic pain? Oh, blah. Yeah. And then they'd be like, whoa, dude, <laughs> you know, just eyes glazed over. Or the other thing would be like, oh, so you're saying the pain's all in my head. No, 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 no. Well, I'd say technically everything's in your head. The, because it goes the, to the nervous the system. Voice, and, yeah. The voice, you know, the, the, the sounds you're hearing from me is, you know, vibrating in your inner ear and then being converted to digital chemical energy and then being transferred, you know, like they're like, okay, okay, we, I get it. You know, <laughs> but I think when they understand that there's more variables involved, you know, I had to talk to people, I'd be like, okay, so you have pain in this area. And if we're just thinking it's all just mechanics, right? You know, like I had one lady, she was referred to me for upper back pain. And she came in, she was Hispanic, primarily Spanish speaking. So I was using my little interpreter box thing. I think we talked for like 45 minutes. I asked her what her job was. Oh, I work as a dishwasher. I was like, okay. And you think like first glance, you think in mechanics, oh, dishwasher, you're just probably bending over too much, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I was like, okay, like how does it back feel when you're doing the dishwashing? She was like, oh, it's actually not too bad. Oh, okay. She's like, I was like, is your job cool? Like you like it there? She's like, yeah, it's cool. She's like, I just have one coworker. He's kind of annoying, but I'm going to be doing a different shift. So it's all good. So I was like, so basically works cool, right? Yeah. I was like, how's home? She like paused. And then she kind of started to tear up. I was like, I don't want to pry or nothing. You know, I don't want to go too far anywhere right. you, you don't want to go. But yeah. if you want to tell me something, you can tell me. Mm -hmm. And she told me, you know, my, my husband, we fight a lot. And I was like, well, how does your back feel then? She's like, pretty bad. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting, right? Because your back isn't like magically disintegrating while you're arguing with your husband. But if you think of pain, not so much being damaged, just only related to the area you feel it, but you kind of expand on to pain meaning threat. Well, threat now involves a lot more stuff, right? Damage just would include just, you know, a tissue that's torn, you know, like a ligament or, you know, muscle or whatever, right? Or bone or whatever. But now you expand it to threat. It could involve that, mm -hmm. but it could also now involve other things, fears, mm -hmm. beliefs. So if you believe that backs are inherently weak mm -hmm. then <laughs> and someone's told yeah. you that your your back is weak and that's why you feel pain then whenever you feel pain it's you're just gonna in your mind you're gonna go oh my back is falling apart right now so with her it was interesting that she you know she kind of thought you know thought that was like oh wow so i thought i was like i'm not gonna tell you what to do but you know something needs to change because that's what seems like it's a big trigger for your issue. Definitely amplifying it in whatever way, shape, or form. Whatever it was, yeah. yeah. And like why she had it, you know. And another therapist was talking about he had a patient with um, knee pain. And he kind of was like, just, just ask him like, hey, was there something around when you started getting this knee pain? You can look at what would traditionally make sense would maybe be like a training error, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, I started getting this knee pain when I went to the gym and I did, you know, four sets of front squats, mm -hmm. you know, and like they weren't lifting at all before that. And they're just like going like, well, I started doing front squats three times a week, you know, multiple sets. So you're like, okay, so you kind of ramped up volume a little too fast or it's like, I was walking a lot, but then, you know, I started running hills and you're like, right. okay, so you maybe did a little too big of a jump in training error, right? You maybe just sensitize something. Okay, that happens, right? But then you ask the guy and the guy's like, well, you know what? My daughter was murdered around then. Holy crap. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, wow. Why did it manifest as knee pain? Hard to say. There maybe was an underlying sensitivity or there already, but then obviously this just horrible life event triggered something potentially, right? You know, I think the best way to think about it is thinking of the person as an, you know, just an organism that becomes vulnerable for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. You know, do they become vulnerable because of the flu? I know a lot of patients and clients when they have like the flu or get a cold, their body's going for, through, you know, crazy warfare, yeah. trying to fight off the bug, right? And they will oftentimes feel the areas that maybe they've had issues with in the past, right? You know, the sensitive areas because now they're vulnerable organism, you know, because dealing with this flu, oh man, that ankle injury I had 10 years ago, oh, I kind of feel my ankle again. This is weird. You know, yeah. I didn't do anything to it, but if you kind of think of it more like it's sensitive and it's got an underlying sensitivity, then that event maybe helped kind of bring that out again. You were sharing with me how the medical profession sometimes kind of almost programs people a certain way. You yeah. know, you were talking about, I mean, if you could share that story with me about what was the practice that you ran into? Oh yeah. The acute pain. Yeah. We don't treat, we only treat acute pain. I was like, so if you get to that point, are you, and they still have pain, are you kind of going, all right, sayonara. See you later. Yeah. You're <laughs> Sorry. We, great, didn't, we didn't, we didn't, but, we didn't yeah. fix your pain for <laughs> right. you. But that's tough because like a lot of conditions, like if, when they actually study the natural history, 
there's a lot of pains that will last a year. Knee pain in adolescence can last several years. Yeah. So like, what do you do? You just, you're done? Like, sorry. You know, a lot of non, we call them non-specific. If I ran into something with my shoulder and my shoulder was having issues after that, I have maybe an event to link it to, right? Right. Okay, well, maybe I hurt the AC joint. You know, there could be lots of things potentially. But if I just started getting shoulder pain, the best diagnosis we can call it is just shoulder pain mm-hmm. instead of trying to talk about all the different things that it could be. Yeah. Because all you might do is freak the person out more, yeah. is elevate their fear. The best analogy I can think of it is just child gets injured and you have basically three main ways a parent can react. They can kind of be the jerk parent where they're like, you're fine, mm-hmm. you know, rub some dirt on it right, and right. then you get up, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> they can be the on the off end of the spectrum where they're coddling and they go, oh, you know, yeah. and grab them and like, oh my goodness. And the Poor kid's baby. probably going to freak out. Yeah. Or they can be kind of the middle ground parent where they're like, hey, you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, supportive, but, you know, maybe they check it out, make sure there's no big gash or anything. And the kids look, they're looking at it with their kid and they spend, you know, a little bit of time there. Like, okay, is, you want to go play again? And the kid's like, yeah. And then the kid's going back and playing. So it's like kind of supportive but encouraging. Yeah. So if medical providers thought of themselves of being a parent and this person's coming to see you and they're trying to figure out what's going on, how much threat do I need to put on this thing? Mm -hmm. And if you think about the words you use, am I increasing the threat or am I trying to, I don't know if downplay is the best word, but am I trying to put the threat at a a reasonable level? Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody comes in with back pain that just started out of nowhere, and they have no signs of neurological compromise, then the best thing that person can say is like, okay, well, what do you like to do? And they're like, well, I like to run. It's like, well, have you been running since Pac-Man? Oh, not really. It's like, do you think you can maybe try a run and see how it feels? And if it feels okay, maybe you can keep running. The person might go, oh, I think I can do that. Mm-hmm. As opposed to saying, well, yep, you got back pain and you need to stop doing this and you need to stop doing that. Could be a disc. It could be a degenerative because like you think about that word, degenerative disc disease. Yeah, it's scary. That's a freaky word, yeah, right? right. <laughs> you know, and I've seen stuff like I remember saw a chiropractor on Dr. Oz and he like put a spine and he like made it twist and like kept twisting and then he like, knocked what? it over. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my goodness, if somebody's got if somebody's got back pain mm-hmm. and that's their narrative in their head, well, they're not going to want to move that back. Absolutely. And we know that movement is healthy, mm-hmm. right? How do you help the person assess the threat in a more appropriate manner Mm -hmm. so that then they can continue with whatever journey they need to, to keep going. Right. It takes feedback because you have to ask the person, you have to give them space to feel comfortable to ask because there's probably going to be ups and downs. There's going to be setbacks. It's more common than not that there's, you know, setbacks doesn't end up looking like just a straight line. It's like Mm -hmm. all over the place. I'm drawn little squiggly lines over right. here. But if uh, you get the X, we're going to make it. You yeah, know? yeah. So. And, you know, and if you kind of always keep it relevant to whatever it is they're trying to do, mm-hmm. then, you know, oftentimes if you can keep the threat, using that parent analogy, mm-hmm. you can be that supportive but encouraging parent. Yeah. So you're not coddling them, but you're not just saying you're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, okay, you are dealing with something and it sucks. Yeah. But the best thing usually is not to just not do anything. Right. That oftentimes will one, not help you, like it won't feel better when you're not doing stuff, but two, you can potentially start to develop other things that you don't want. Kind of always keeping that forward thinking, but supportive nature where the Mm -hmm. person's allowed to kind of give their feedback. And sometimes just people need that green light. I've had plenty of clients where they just needed to ask somebody about it and they Mm -hmm. needed someone to check it out. That's why I I love the the fact just talking with you of how much you listen to your patients, your clients, you know, and it's, it's so important for me. It was a little bit of an in when I could discuss some of my history, you know, with a client. And that's kind of how I got to work with more people with chronic injuries and diseases, because it was kind of like everywhere I worked, like, oh, you have back problems, work with Garrett. Oh, you have a pacemaker, work with Garrett. So that was kind of an in for me. But I love to hear that you listen to people, you talk to them, you, you spent 45 minutes with that woman, and you didn't even, you know, you weren't even fluent in Spanish, but you, you made it work, you know. And I think that's awesome. It's it's kind of a common theme that we've been having with medical professionals that we want to have on the show is they do exactly what you do. You know, is listen to people, meet them where they are, and then help them to do something and something and build upon it. You know, that's awesome, man. I, I, I love what you're doing with that. So back to how we met. So <laughs> I, I literally was driving down the road and I saw a sign for Beach Barbell. Okay. And I'm like, wow, I've never heard of Beach Barbell. I thought I knew all the gyms around here. That's a cool name. 
So I went home and I looked you up like on Instagram and stuff. And I was like, wow, you know, these are some really cool videos. This guy looks like he knows what he's doing. And we ended up communicating. And That's right. I think you might have sent me a message. I was trying to remember how I I came across you because I'm not a big Instagrammer in terms of scrolling it. But I know it sometimes randomly gives you like new people that you're not following or something. Yeah, it's weird, right? But I think that's what it was. You messaged me, I feel like. And mm-hmm. then I was like, huh. And then so I looked at it and I was like, oh, wow, that's super cool. You know, yeah. and then I saw the podcast. So I was like, oh, cool. Because oh, I enjoy man. podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now you're on one. <laughs> I am on one. <laughs> yeah, man. So what's your background? Where'd you come from? Grew up in California, mostly mm-hmm. Bay Area. Um, been living in Monterey area for the last, I guess, five, six-ish years before we moved out here in June. Mm-hmm. I've been a therapist, graduated from Sacramento State for Master's of Physical Therapy in 12, and then got my license in 13 and just been a therapist. Since then, I started at a, a skilled nursing facility for six months, and that was eh, and then moved on from that. And then I went to a clinic and did vestibular therapy, which is kind of vertigo and dizziness. So I still do that, and that's really weird and interesting and has some parallels. I find I have some clients that will have chronic dizziness, and so it seems to have some parallels with chronic pain. And then I, I guess mostly did quote unquote, general physical therapy slash orthopedics, you know, just basically, you know, back pain, knee pain, shoulder pain, whatever. I've always enjoyed training. So I would always try to incorporate that because typically if someone came into me for shoulder pain, I'm not going to do just shoulder exercises for 30, like for 30 minutes. Like I might have one or two exercises I want to work on with them, but then I'm like, well, you're here. Do you want to like do other stuff. Yeah. You know, and most people are like, yeah, sure. And so we do, you know, other things like deadlifts right. and stuff like that because resistance training is an important aspect and, and it and, works. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so if somebody, you know, learned it from me or I don't know, caught the bug or something and it's like, oh, this is not something that seems like insane. You know, yeah. I think that's the downside with something like Instagram and the social media is like you see the power lifter who's doing, you know, 800 pounds or something and you're like well i can't do that so i'm gonna do nothing Mm -hmm. like like a lot of people are all or nothing yeah but if they do and i'm like they pick up a 10 pound dumbbell from the ground and go up and down a few times like okay well you're doing a deadlift you know that's cool you know like like, oh i guess so (laughs) like yeah again kind of i don't know tricking them into doing it but it's Mm -hmm. not like something that feels so horrible like, right. well, could you do this? It didn't take us very long. They're like, oh, I guess I could do that. You know, and so we eventually, when we were going to move out here, I always kind of want to just have a gym. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know the concept in my head. I was just like, I'll just have a gym and I'll just be a PT there and it'll work or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you so far. I love it. <laughs> so then we opened up our doors in October last year. So it's been interesting. It's my first business. So I'm kind of okay. learning as I go and how to stay on the message that I'm trying to deliver, I guess, you know, like stay on the brand that I want, the narrative that I want. Mm -hmm. So I'm sticking with that. And really my main mission is just to get more people resistance training. Right. And so some of them might funnel in from physical therapy, Mm -hmm. you know, because they're dealing with a pain or an injury or something that they just either, they don't feel they can, or, you know, maybe need guidance too, like try to figure out what's maybe like Ed Cohen's talking about, like what mm-hmm. would be a good way in. Right. And sometimes people just need somebody to say it's okay. You know, maybe they have shoulder pain when they're doing a shoulder press and it's, and I'm like, okay, it's it getting worse. No, I'm like, okay, it, it was, was that easy? Like, actually it was kind of easy. And we try a little bit more weight and it's still, the pain's no worse. This is the same. I'm like, okay, well, if you can handle that, then it's okay. And then let's, let's monitor how it goes yeah. over the next couple of days. And if it goes fine over the next couple of days, then I think you're okay with that. It's kind of like up to them. You know, yeah. if they do it and they're like, yeah, I don't like that pain. But like, okay, cool. There's mm-hmm. there's other ways to do things. You know, we could try, you know, multi-grip bar or we can try dumbbells and hold it more of a neutral grip instead of kind of the standard military press style grip or whatever. There's lots of different ways. And so then looking, if you're thinking of exercise like a dose, you know, what is the minimal dose I need to get the benefit, right? So if I can do this much effort and work and... I get 80% of the benefit. And if I then double that amount of work, I only get 5% more benefit. So I get a total of 85% benefit. Most people are going to want to take that half dose right. for the 80%. But unless they're like, you know, world-class power lifter or some, some sort of profession that needs to eke out every little last percent, right. that's not most people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so most people, it's like, what is the least amount of work I need to do to get the most benefit? Benefits. Right. Because yeah. then you're looking at barriers right? Time, some sort of maybe accountability, mm-hmm. consistency, convenience, 
right? You know, look at all these barriers. And if someone goes through a grueling workout and they're like, oh my goodness, I have to do this every single time, that might be someone you lose. Yeah. You know, they might go, I'm I'm not going to work out. Just not a workout person. You know, it's not my thing. And it's like, well, I mean, even the, the scientific data suggests that if somebody like literally had just five minutes and they mm-hmm. just picked like three exercises of like all the major, maybe like a push, pull and legs or yeah, something right and on. just did one set of each to failure, mm-hmm. they're getting at least probably 50% of the benefit. So it's yeah. like, well, that would only take you probably five minutes. How about it? So yeah. if that's all you could do, then do that. Yeah. Kind of right. let them choose their own adventure. Yeah. I think when people hear that and they're like, oh, that's not so bad. Like mm-hmm. I can handle that. I can cut out five minutes of my day. It's trying to make it fit in for somebody yeah. because ultimately most people aren't like you or me that want to go to the gym and think about the gym and think about what exercise to do and this and that. Right. That's not most people. Yeah. Most people got plenty of other stuff to think about. Mm-hmm. And so if you can make it as simple as possible, going back to the threat, you know, make the threat as low as possible. Mm-hmm. And then the benefit ratio, you know, exactly. Like. Yeah. You know, and, and then you look at what barriers do they have access to equipment? If maybe they're dealing with pain or injury, that would be mm-hmm. a potential barrier, right? The fear that may be involved of yeah. what they can do. And right. generally the fear is going to, I'm going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. And then, but then the brain can take you just about anywhere. Your imagination can take it down. I mean, I had that experience, quick little story, my left thumb after a day of work just hurt immensely it came out of nowhere it was the weirdest thing it was like the most pain i've ever had and i've you know hurt just about every part of my body playing football and stuff like right. that right i mean it was so bad like my wife and i were watching a movie and i have like my arm around her and she like kind of moved and nudged it and i like jumped Whoa. and i just sleep all yeah. cradled up and i'm freaking out <laughs> yeah. like and i in my head i'm like what the hell is this and of course now i've got medical knowledge yeah so i'm like so, oh <laughs> yep this is probably avascular necrosis of the scaphoid bone right. definitely it's probably a cancerous tumor that's blocking off the blood flow to the bone and the bone is dying as i speak right Worst now case scenario. yep and it's gonna take me you know i didn't have insurance at the time so i was like it's probably gonna cost me 50 grand this was before we were married so i'm like you know i'm gonna cost me like 50 grand to get this thing fixed yeah. and like yeah. i had to like slap myself and be right. like dude stop I'm like what would you tell someone that had this problem and i was mm-hmm. like okay, I'll just get it moving a little bit. Right. And it eventually went away after three days. So like the best hypothesis I could have of what it was is probably just, you know, one of the nerves that goes into that, you know, area probably just mm-hmm. got flared up or something for some random reason. But right. I saw where my mind but quickly, takes it. quickly yeah. went. And that's probably what a lot of people are going through when they're experiencing pain. Mm-hmm. And then now if you add a medical provider saying, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Back in you got degenerative yeah. disc disease, which mm-hmm. is just fancy talk for arthritis. Right. Right. And I usually tell people arthritis is just aging on the inside. Yeah. You get gray hairs. You get wrinkles. Yeah. Are those yeah. okay? I mean, a lot of people hate those, and they try to do everything they can right. to mitigate but it's those. Part of life, <laughs> but it's part of part of getting <laughs> yeah. older. And the reality is that you know, and I try to bring this up in a gentle way, but large studies, like they scan thousand people's backs, mm-hmm. and it's something like. 60 to 80% or something have herniated discs and no symptoms. Right. And so then you look at, well, the medical profession is very biased, right? You don't go to the doctor and say, doc, my back feels fantastic. Right. Let's scan it. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. You, you go in cause you have pain. I got mm-hmm. back pain. And then the doctor's like, okay, well let's scan it, mm-hmm. you know, and then they, find s- something. then they see something and they're like, well, that's probably what it is, I guess. And mm-hmm. we don't know if that's true or not. It may or may not be, but then, the medical provider is not thinking about all the other people that probably have this incident on, on an MRI, but then don't have pain. Right. And that's not to mention that that was a human that read an MRI. Mm-hmm. And we always call, we always kind of think of it like the gold, like, Oh, it's everything that's in there is gospel. And it's like, yeah, but what if you had another human read that MRI? Maybe they say different things and they have studies on that and that happens too. So it's like knowing that and then thinking about the words you use. So if I now say, Oh yeah, we saw degenerative disc disease. That's just part of aging. You know, you have this pain because you're, you're old and the person's like, well, I'm not going to get any younger. I'm going to keep getting older. And if my pain is related to being old, then the pain's just going to keep getting worse. Right. It's just a logical, that's what, yeah, like, it's a natural, normal human thing to think. Right. Yeah. And one that not being necessarily true. We don't know if that's true, Yeah. but realizing that that's going to put a lot of fear mm-hmm. in somebody and then maybe they stop doing activity. Right. Cause they're like, well, they said it was degenerative mm-hmm. and then they're telling me to exercise 
Are you kidding me? Right. Like, why would I exercise when this thing's like falling apart, dude? Yeah. You know, so it's like it, it, the the message isn't the congruent. Message. Yeah. Right. So if I say, oh, you have back pain because you have degenerative disc disease. Oh, by the way, you should go exercise. Mm-hmm. The person's gonna be like, yeah, no. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen some radiology reports actually get better at this, where they actually list the like epidemiological data and say, hey, look a good 60 plus percent people will have this finding right. and no symptoms. Right. So just take that yeah. with a grain of salt. It'd be nice if they did kind of like a, like they do with blood work where you get like a range, like, you sure. know, so many people have this, so many people have that, sure. you know, sure. that'd be kind of cool. That, that's a really interesting point. You know what I, I, I think is so important too, is like, I would talk to a lot of my clients about their seasons, right? Like the, the seasons, like, and I would try to work with clients to, like we would do in powerlifting, use like a periodization type program where you progress, just like you've talked about, is you progressively add and add and add. And at some point where you're not making progress anymore, then you figure out a different way to do it. And Absolutely. then you start working towards that. Yeah. You know? And I wish more people would seek out a professional like yourself and they would get that information and learn about it and realize that I can do a deadlift with a 10-pound dumbbell and that's a deadlift you know mm-hmm. i don't have to do a 500 pound you know deadlift sure. like i see sure. on instagram and i think that's so important that you bring that up and you mention that and uh, i'm glad that you're out there doing the work that you do man it's really important well, yeah and, and i think the tough part is like i find there's kind of a weird gray area between people who go to physical therapy where they will kind of get to a certain point and then it's done. And that's usually because of like insurance and stuff like that or whatever. But then they still like have things they want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like I want to run. And right. then, but then the last like exercise I did in maybe therapy was just sitting on a mat, straightening my leg. Right. And it's like right. nowhere near the <laughs> level of like load that that knee needs to be able to handle to run. Right. Mm-hmm. Running is basically just jumping from one leg to the other. Yeah. Repetitively. Right. And so I think there's kind of a gap there that happens. And then if that's also now coupled with, Maybe your mom or your aunt saying, well, see, that's why you have knee pain because you run. Right. The message. That yeah. Message and there's no data. Out. Like Literally, there's no data that suggests that. Like, there's that's not based in research at mm-hmm. all. Um, but then what if you now also have a medical provider who believes that and, and says that to somebody? Reinforces that it. That maybe, maybe if that person trusts their word, right? It all depends on how much they how much trust the person puts in the word just like if you know the old thing with like oh girls are bad at math say that a girl does bad on a math test and her dad's like yep girls are just bad at math now how much trust does she put in her dad maybe she goes yep girls are bad at math i'm not going to try right or if there's a small selection of population that just kind of says screw you and they do what they want right and they usually get pretty well in the world so if she's that she might go oh screw you i'm going to study hard and and try you know get do better next time most people aren't that way (laughs) You know, most people will hear that and be like, yep, I guess that's just my lot in life. Mm-hmm. And so that's the tough part. If the message is selling you, you know, that we know there's ample research to suggest that improved skeletal muscle mass reduces a lot of <laughs> negative things. Yeah. And is probably someone's best chance in terms of staying functional as they age, mm-hmm. you know, like being 80, 90 and still being able to drive and walk around and do stairs yeah. and squat down and pick stuff up. Right. You know, right. what are just normal human stuff. And if now we have a message though, that, you know, you're fragile and then we say, oh yeah, but you should exercise. Mm-hmm. People are just not going to, you know, they're going to go with the fragile, yeah. you know, go with the worst case scenario. Well, I'm fragile. I shouldn't exercise. I'll break if I do that mm-hmm. without realizing that, well, if you dose it right, Right. You st- maybe you do a two pound deadlift. I don't know. Like <laughs> you do an air squat, you know, you, you, you can dose it. Yeah. You know, maybe we do a leg press with just a little bit of weight, you know, like less than your body weight. And then you build up to your body weight and then now you're doing a normal squat. And then, and then maybe they try a deadlift with a tiny bit of weight and just keep slowly progressing. Yeah. And then, like you said, if they get to a point where they're not making progress, you know, I mean, you do a pivot and you try, mm-hmm. okay, let's switch the exercise. Let's switch the formulation. Let's switch, you know, what we're doing. Yeah. Change the dose. Different, slightly yeah. different stuff. Yeah. Or maybe we go, maybe if we were doing reps of six to 12 ish or higher or whatever, maybe we go towards the lower end. Maybe you start mm-hmm. doing some, you know, heavy singles with this person, right. You know, yeah. like an 85 to 90%, you know, rep max. Mm-hmm. And maybe then that starts to drive change. There's lots of different ways you can do it. Right. And thinking of somebody with pain, that they're not fragile. Mm-hmm. It's a variable you should pay attention to. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you can see how your dose responds mm-hmm. and just start with a small, the smallest dose. That might be one set the first time you meet them. Right. You set a five or something, you know, yeah. you're just like, let's do a set of five. And they're like, yeah. that's it. That's it. Like, yeah. okay. And you're going to tell me next time I see you in a couple of days or whenever I see you again, how it went over the next few days. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you sleep. Okay. 
and I want to make sure that you're not, you know, hobbled over for the next several days. That might be we maybe either chose the wrong formulation mm-hmm. or maybe we chose the wrong dose. Maybe we need to do let, you know, cut it, cut the weight in half, right. the intensity in half, or maybe we'll just try a different move. There's lots of different ways to approach it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you just do it in a gradual way, human beings are incredibly adaptable. Totally. So it's like totally. just apply the same principles that you would to a power lifter, you're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're applying a, a dose mm-hmm. and you're trying to get a certain desired response. Yep. And for them, it's to peak at a certain point in time. So that's why you kind of periodize sure. everything, you know, but the, that person in the chronic pain, who's just trying to be able to like walk around their neighborhood and do, you know, go be able to go up and downstairs with less issues, you know, yep. just be, you know, more functional in their mm-hmm. life. You know, you just treat them the same way, you know, yeah. like I jokingly tell people, half jokingly, like oh, life is your sport. Yeah. You know, yeah. like think of life like your sport and you want to prep for that sport. Yeah. You know, um, it, whatever you need to be able to pick up during the day, let's see if we get you at least ha- double that, mm-hmm. you know, because then whenever you pick up that thing, it's not going to be as big a deal. Yeah. You know, and as long as your pain isn't getting worse, you know, or if it does flare up, we'll change Back the dose or yeah. we'll change the formulation, you know, to a different mm-hmm. exercise or something. That's what I mean by change the formulation. Like yeah. just try some different stuff. Right. Or maybe sometimes there, if you have a, a bad week, like you have a flared up week, maybe we just don't worry about that. Any. Like maybe if you're mm-hmm. doing good with barbell back squats for a little while, but then your back flared up, maybe we just don't do the barbell back squats that week. You know, maybe right. we just do some other, we do lunges or something, yeah. you know, just switch, you know, while you're, things are kind of calming down and then we can go and retest, you know, Mm -hmm. once things seem calm again and try to see where we're at again. Yeah. And and making that an okay thing, you know, so it's not like, look, that's probably going to happen, you know, and telling them at the front that you're probably going to have like a setback. You're going to have a flare. Even non-chronic pain patients have flare-ups and setbacks while they're going through recovery, you know, like rehab and recovery. So, you know, making that like, that's the norm. Mm -hmm. And then it maybe that's less scary for them. Like, oh, okay, this yeah, you told me this. I might expect this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm cool with that. Like, it's less threatening to them. Totally. I call them my something's better than nothing days. You Absolutely. Know? Like, it's just, it's part of the ebb and flow. Yeah. You know? I, I love, though, too, how, you know, you're able to, to send that good message and the fact that, obviously, people trust you because you've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people. You've helped hundreds of people. You're obviously in great shape yourself. And I think that's so important for people to trust that person that they're learning from. I mean, it's like any relationship. If you mm-hmm. have a teacher or anybody that's, you need to trust that they know what they're talking about, you know? And I, I hope that more people listen to the message that you're sending about, <laughs> you can get out and you can do it. And that's the whole idea behind this sure. podcast is to empower people to get out there and live a full life and thrive with chronic pain. Absolutely. Because when we looked into this, and even now I follow a lot of different chronic pain pages, I want to acknowledge, I think they're great because they kind of let you know, okay, I'm not alone, yeah. you know? And it, it validates that, okay, yeah, there's other people like this. What I want, is more than just that you know i want to live a full life and thrive with chronic pain and do what i can do and that's why it's so important for us to have people like you on the show you know you've got a great message man and thanks i i I know you're going to keep helping a lot of people what would you say to that person that's stuck on the couch right now and might be hearing this i guess the thing i would ask them would be first is there some activity they enjoy because that would be your first in if that's a no. Right, right. <laughs> like, like you're, you're watching what I enjoy. I'm sitting right, right. now. And this is what I enjoy. <laughs> okay. And you go, well, you're going to want to keep maintaining being able to get up off the couch and walk to the bathroom and walk right. to the kitchen, right? You yeah. know, have, you want to be able to at least maintain yeah. function within this realm. If this is you're you're at your peak happiness as being here, right. then unfortunately, we aren't guaranteed good function. Mm. You know, like you, you kind of have to like, we're all slowly losing the battle against gravity. Gravity will win one day. My dad always said gravity, friend and foe. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And so I try to word it would be tough because if someone's not ready for change, Mm -hmm. you're going to be fighting a hard uphill battle to try to help someone change. So they got to want it. Yeah. But that's where I try to just make the message simple. Like, look, I'm not a bodybuilder. I'm not a power lifter. I'm not trying to go to me. I'm just trying to be upright. You know, I'm trying to be the, once I get to 80 or 90, I'm still upright. That's right my goal. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I want to be, you know, I want to be the guy who's still doing whatever he more or less can do, you know, probably with modifications as we all age. I mean, that's probably just normal, but mm-hmm. more or less, I want to be able to do anything and everything I want to do up till the day I'm gone. Yeah. And so the best chance I have at that is by regularly resistance training and some sort of conditioning, you know, staying active essentially. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's kind of the message I would put out there in the universe. Yeah. And then occasionally you'd get somebody who'd be like, oh man, getting up off the couch is a little tougher than normal. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they hear a reasonable voice that's just like, well, what if you just did a little bit of chair squats? Do like one set, just do as many as you can for one set for the first week and then do that to two, you know, two sets in the second week and then maybe three sets the third week and then now let's start walking. You know, like just like right a totally on. simple, yep. simple program where it's like, oh yeah, I, I could do that. Almost like it's so easy sounding that they're like challenged in a way. Like, right. like that's easy. I yeah. can do that. You know? And so it's like, you kind of get them from the other end. Oh, just do this really, really easy thing. They're like, oh, that's all you got. But that's, I guess, the, with the, me, the main thing would be having a message that you don't have to go lift barbells and dumbbells. You can keep it just like a totally simple thing where it's like, okay, man, just do a body weight program. Yeah. You know, some counter pushups, you know, maybe you set a timer. So every, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, you just get up and do some laps around your living room or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, just like a very simple, in that case, since they're not using weight, probably just go to like fatigue or failure, you know, quote unquote failure or whatever. Yeah. Till you can't do anymore until you feel like you've done enough mm-hmm. and just start there. And that might be a couple minutes a day, but that will at least pay off a lot more than not doing it. Yeah. I try to refer to it as just, it's your best chance you have yeah. to be as functional as humanly possible as you age. Like, there's really nothing else. There's no other supplement. There's no way to beat around it. Like you have to use those parts of your body yeah. to, you know, maintain the bone mass, maintain the muscle mass, maintain the nerves, the brain, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like it's all working as one so that you can just operate in the world. So it's just the best chance you got. Yeah. And so if it sounds less daunting to somebody, if it's not like, okay, you're gonna have to go to the gym, you're gonna have to do five sets of squats, and you have to, you know, five sets of this, and da 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 da, and blah 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 blah, blah and then you need to take these five supplements. It's like you're already lost. Most people, they're like, yeah. dude, yeah. that's way too much. I don't. Right. I guess I'm just not cut out to be in shape, you know. Right. Like, yeah. But if you keep it just super simple, yeah. Yes, maybe it's not the most optimal thing in the world, and they could benefit from actually using weights or something, but. They're just not willing to go there right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of good, good stuff you could do at home. You got you got a counter. Just yeah. do some push-ups. Do some chair squats. You got everything pretty much there. Dude, that is awesome. We ask every guest that question. What would you say to the person that's sitting there? And your answer? Practice getting up on and off the couch. Right. That's awesome, man. I love that. <laughs> and and it can, you can take it as far as you want. You exactly. Know? You can take it as far as you want. That is, that's a great answer. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you guys doing at Beach Barbell now? Like what's going on there? Do uh, classes? Yeah. So, you know, again, coming at it from what's going to get somebody to do something, right? Mm -hmm. So like one person, depending on their priorities, right? Maybe if somebody lives around the corner, Mm -hmm. their main priority is convenience. Your gym's right around the corner. I can come out and work out there. Maybe that's enough for that person. We actually have an app where I put in like five different programs. So like if somebody is a member, there are some programs they could follow if they wanted to. Nice. So my hope is that maybe that's another barrier removal. Totally. Like yeah. You have one person who, if they have access to a gym, they're going to go and they're going to use it mm-hmm. and they're fine. But most people we know just don't go. Yeah. <laughs> so even if they have access to a gym and pay for it, they still don't go. Right. But then you go to the next step, knowing what to do. Maybe the next level would be, okay, but I have some programs that I could follow. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have that. And then the next level might be like, oh, there's a group of people that meet at certain times and we work out. So like now I feel like I'm attached to something and I like those people. Yeah. And I have a trainer there who's like telling me good job or, you know, like encouraging me and supporting me. So then that's where I will go do it. And then some people like I need just to have the trainer talking to me the whole time. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I need personal, you know, training or whatever. So basically whatever level of fitness they need, we're trying to provide it because ultimately I'm trying to figure out what is going to get person to do the resistance training we don't have a ton of cardio equipment just because i think a lot of people miss out on actual resistance training yeah, nothing so wrong with that that's kind of our focus mm-hmm. i will talk to people about what kind of condition we got a little bit so yeah. if they want to do it there but i mean even on a cold day you put on a jacket and go for a good walk i mean Absolutely. it feels pretty good out there and yeah. i mean there's a lot of good data in terms of helping with sleep and getting sunshine mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah. I usually encourage somebody just to find something that they like to do, whether it's go walking on the beach or running on the beach or walking in their neighborhood or running in their neighborhood or riding a bike or yeah. whatever it is. Like I really tell them is it doesn't matter. You know, and I, and, and I will kind of program 
you know, do they need more low intensity, steady state cardio? Mm-hmm. That's usually where I'll push people into just because it's a lot less threat than like high intensity interval training. Sure. Like some people might be like, I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. I feel like crap when I do that. So there's nothing wrong with that if that's somebody's jam, right? Somebody's like, dude, I love high intensity interval yeah. training. That's what I'm going to do. Like, <laughs> awesome you know so that's kind of what we do and then obviously the physical therapy side so if somebody's Mm. you know dealing with pain or injury and you know they just need that guidance and then when they walk into my clinic and gym you know it's kind of all under the same roof they see weights and barbells and they're like Mm. oh i guess i'm going to be working out here so they're already (laughs) kind of thinking along those lines and so you know i have one mat table that Mm -hmm. they usually just sit on while i'm talking to them and then usually we're up in the gym doing stuff and nice and i I keep it simple from physical therapy and i just say hey look you know you got this thing i think this one or two things will help right now let's start there let's see how you do with that that way if it doesn't go well i can maybe pinpoint the thing if i gave him 10 things and doesn't go well then i'm like okay well i gotta scrap everything because i don't know which variable it was Mm. if i give him one or two things it's a lot easier to pinpoint and go oh didn't go well okay let's we have an easier chance to change things makes now. sense and then if like they're a person that they see the gym part and they're like well this is cool i could just do it here mm-hmm. you know either with a trainer or on my own or something then i'm like okay cool you can do that yeah. or if they feel like they can do it on their own that's fine too like literally any way they want to play it you yeah know, if, every different um, kind of kind of person there's a way to do it i love the idea that you're building kind of that community with the classes and connecting with the people because for me you know training over the last 30 years through all the ups and downs it's you know our friends are at the gym when we socialize outside of the gym it's with a lot of the same people that we know (laughs) in the gym you know and it's not that we only like gym people it's that we've connected with those people we're like-minded you know and that's the kind of thing for me that keeps me going is just having that community you Mm -hmm. know which it seems like you're really building at beach barbell you know socialization is important for people's health Mm -hmm. and and again that is going to come in different flavors for different people right one person may get for them maybe them being on like a facebook group Mm-hmm. It's like they're reaching the amount of socialization that they need, limit, you know, for yeah. like, they're like, I'm good with this. Right. I'm happy, you know, yeah. now for other people, they might need to actually like physically be around other people and talking to other people. I think that's where, I mean, just from a business standpoint, gyms probably do better is when they have a culture, mm-hmm. whatever their culture, like I know Gold's gyms kind of have that hardcore culture. Right. And so they attract a certain clientele, mm-hmm. but then they all kind of feed off each other. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and you see that with, like, teams of all stripes, you yeah. know, traditional sports like football, baseball, basketball, whatever, mm-hmm. and, you know, and powerlifting and weightlifting is getting a lot more attention, right, because it's probably CrossFit. Yeah. So you kind of see it with that, but it's like you potentially perform better if you're psychologically, you know, in a place that you just feel like you belong, right? You, right. Like you feel you're a part of something. So yeah. maybe you, you end up performing a little bit better. So I think that's probably the key is kind of having that culture. Mm. And then every place is gonna have a different culture, right? right. Like like a CrossFit's kind of like the hardcore, like mm. we're gonna go all out, you know, all Do the time kind of thing. We throw okay, up. Yeah, you know, right. like, and then that's gonna attract <laughs> certain people. Yeah. And chances are most of them are gonna do fine. It's easier to listen to that message of no, it's bad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an easy way out. And I, I think it's so important that, you know, we keep working to get the message out that no, it's actually really good and you're gonna feel great and life gets better, you know, yeah. if you put the work in. Well, and it's tough because you know, you make a good point that it's easy to listen to. And part of that, I think, is honestly survival. Mm. Because in reality, your survival doesn't depend on positive things. Your survival depends on recognizing negative things, dangers, mm. right? The old saying is like, if I'm walking in the woods, same with just the caveman or whatever, I'm walking in the yeah. woods and it, the bushes rustle. Well, my thought could be it's either a tiger or a bunny. Now, if I just assume it's a tiger all the time and I run, I'm safe no matter what, even if it was a bunny. Right. But if I now assume, hey, maybe it's a bunny, <laughs> but it turns out it's a, t- it's a tiger, well, I could be dead. Right. And so from a survival perspective, we tend not to focus on positive things. It just makes sense. Why would you need to focus on a positive thing generally? You want to know what are all the dangers? What's going right. to kill me out right. there? And the tough part is our society is that most people aren't dying, mm-hmm. right? You know, right. like, yeah, we you know, people die. That's part of life. But most people aren't because we've solved a lot of issues with modern society right food is abundant you know like we're our issues now food is overabundant yeah. right but the tough part is you still have that brain that's still trying to survive right and that's why people have a hard time losing weight because in your brain's perspective it's like i'm not trying to lose weight i need to survive for winter you right. know like <laughs> yeah, that's natural <laughs> like what instinct. if i never eat again you know and so it sees food and it's like hey you know eat that up what if i don't find food for a while mm-hmm. but you can you're gonna find food because it's abundant 
And, you know, same thing with like, you know, as the exercise or something, right? If somebody says, oh, that's dangerous and I'm already not doing it, I'm not involved in it, then from a survival perspective, I'm be like, oh yeah, because I saw that one video, the guy, you know, he hurt his arm, like he, he did the snatch and his arm bent back and like, that's gotta be what's gonna happen if I go and do it, right? So it's tough because that's the plus and minus of something like social media, right? CrossFit has gotten a lot more people into it. You know, so the positive side, especially like women, showing women lifting yeah. weights, which is great, you know, because they have more or less the same body a man does and Absolutely. would benefit just as much from lifting weights as a man does. That I think is a good positive message. But the tough mm-hmm. part is like balancing that message with them seeing something like, you know, a bunch of people that aren't doing anything and yeah. they see somebody doing, you know, either they see this power lifter lifting 800 pounds or something, mm-hmm. or, or they see the CrossFitter, you know, snatching a bunch of times and they're like, yeah, I can't do anything, you mm-hmm. know? And then just realizing like, well, if you just got up and down from your chair or couch right now and did a set to fatigue or failure or whatever, you just did an exercise. That's right. And some it's tough because, you know, that's that's not what they see on social media. Like people yeah. aren't generally posting, you know, oh, I just did, you know. Yeah, I just did 10 reps. I just did nine sit stands, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like right. it's, it's just not, not something people are posting, right? Yeah. And so there is a lot of good with it. Like, you know, your message you're spreading and, you know, I see a lot of positives there, but then it's tough because there's a lot that, it can be perceived or interpreted mm-hmm. negatively. And then if we are, again, if we already have a society that's underactive, yeah. <laughs> you know, quite, quite underactive, then, you know, we're, we're already fighting an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. So any little negative yeah. <laughs> is, is that much heavier yeah. to the, to the system. And then if you add then another layer of medical providers saying, reinforcing oh, that, yeah, you shouldn't yeah. lift, you know, like, Oh, you hurt your back lifting. Well, you're 30. You shouldn't even be lifting anyways. I mean, that happens. You yeah. Know? yeah. yeah I, I can't tell you, day. I can't tell you how many people are like, Oh, you're over 40. You shouldn't do overhead press anymore. You know, I'm like, what are you never going to put a box up over your head anymore? Like you're going right. to, you got high shelves. I'm sure yeah. you're going to put stuff over your head. That's <laughs> right. an overhead press, you know, like, but then it's, it's founded on fears that aren't backed in any sort of research or anything. But again, it perpetuates that message of you're fragile, and basically, as you age, you're fragile and you're dying and just give up, I guess. I don't know. But but then that's where it's positive when you see, like, the 89-year-old who's deadlifting 405 yeah, or 2 yeah, or something. I was yeah. like, dude, that's awesome. You know, yeah. like an 89-year-old. So it's like, you know, if you see, like, a, a, a little lady, she's, like, you know, deadlifting 225 and you're like, all right, I, I should be lifting. Right? She, if, 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 <laughs> if Doris is deadlifting at, yeah. you know, 82, you know, then I should be out there. I could do it too. And by the way, there is very, in my opinion, very few feelings that are better than accomplishing a heavy PR deadlift. Sure. You know, it's just like, it, it's totally addicting. Sure, because um, it's 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 kind of simple. I mean, you, the weight's yeah. sitting on the ground, you just got to pick it up, just yeah. stand up. It's like yep. and kind of a simple thing to do. And yeah. Just looking at it. I love the fact, though, and that's one of the great things that CrossFit has done is it's made powerlifting a lot more popular. Oh, yeah. And I think it's even helped, like you said, a lot more women doing resistance Absolutely. training. You know, yeah. we we have the same basic muscular anatomy, you know, yeah. and it's great to see, though, anything that gets a good positive message out there. And, and then also the image that mm-hmm. it's shown, like, oh, you know, a woman could be this a woman could have traps. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's cool. Like, yeah, she could have good. abs and traps, you right. know, and biceps. And you're like, damn, OK, she's working out. You yeah. know, it's like so it's made it, I guess, more normal mm-hmm. in a way, which is important because a lot of I mean, even some male sports aren't even lifting weights in high school. Yeah. It's one of the best things we have to help reduce the risk of injury mm-hmm. is them lifting weights. And a lot of them aren't. Some of them just run. That's all they do yeah. for their training is we just run for a while. And you're like but you need to be lifting weights. And, totally. and so if maybe they see, well, I see that one CrossFit lady on Instagram, she's lifting weights. Like mm-hmm. maybe I should be lifting weights too. It's like, I think that's a downstream message that could be beneficial. Yeah. So like a change because most people unfortunately kind of just do what they've been told. Like, oh, this is what I did. So this is what we're going to do now. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of probably what happened with like military. Like it's always been, oh, push-ups, sit-ups, pull-ups. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's not terrible, but right. we can do better. Like there's other things yeah. you could, you could probably be training like you're playing football. Like right. you should, whatever the football teams are doing, you should probably be doing that too. And now I think the army does like trap bar deadlift as part of they their do. physical function testing. So that's kind of cool. It's yeah. like, okay, like this now exposes them something mm-hmm. a bit different. So, you know, there's a lot of those downstream effects where you know, it's kind of that, that's like the cultural kind of seeping in the culture. So I think it is trending more positively, mm-hmm. but I still think there's a lot of harmful messages yeah. still involved, like around pain mm-hmm. and damage and, you know, fragility and all that stuff that is still, we have a lot of work to do because I remember I was helping um, build a, one of the 
parks at the YMCA, mm-hmm. and I got drawn into just basically hauling mulch. Right. Which was cool. It was totally mindless. Right, it was like right. mindless cardio for hours. So it was fine. So I'd, I'd get yeah. the like the tarp and I'd throw as much as I could on it, yeah. grab it, and then throw it over my back. And just it was like, nice. like the seven little dwarves or something. Yeah. I, I slung it over my back and the lady was like, oh my goodness, you shouldn't do that. It's bad for your back. And I'm not going to sit there and like argue with her because yeah. what does she know? But, right. but it was just kind of an interesting thing because that's kind of what's assumed. The first thing. So I oftentimes will actually go out of my way to slouch. Mm-hmm. I'll go out of my way to like round my back as I pick something up. Now it's just become kind of a habit, yeah. you know, because I want to show people that your, your back's not going to explode. It's like, made to move. Like, I hurt my back in physical therapy school. I think I was, I was going to do like upright rows or something, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like back squatting way more weight than that, yeah. you know, and like I go to do like upright row and I, I hurt it. And they're like, so I had to go through my own kind of rehab and, yeah. and, and get back to, you know, the stuff I want to do. But, you know, sometimes things are going to happen. Yeah. You can't prevent everything. Mm-hmm. So the best thing you can do is make yourself hopefully as robust physically and mentally, you know, because they're kind of wrapped yeah. into one yeah. as possible. And lifting weights is a good way to do that. Absolutely. You feel powerful. You feel cool. You know, you're like, wow, I picked up that weight. I'm mm-hmm. strong. I'm a strong person, you know. And then yeah. maybe you are you got more pep, you know, pep in your step when you're talking to people. You're smiling more to people. You're looking people in the eye and, say, you know, you just you feel better about yourself. So, you know, that effect on it is important. And so there's still that missing key, I think, of the medical providers kind of pushing that message of like, you know, one, the research says that you should be, you should be lifting weights. Like, yeah. like, like it's, it's unequivocal. Yeah. Like it's, there's no research saying, no, you probably shouldn't lift weights. You know, mm-hmm. it's all pretty much clear, but it takes a while for people to kind of adopt. And unfortunately, sometimes like, you know, a doctor may not have a lot of time to sit there and talk with somebody. Like if somebody comes in and says, no, I'm not doing any exercise, you know, they're not at a healthy body weight, you know, they got a high BMI and a high waist circumference, mm-hmm. you know, sitting there and talking with them for a good 30 or 45 minutes about what's, what's getting in their way. Yeah. Are they afraid? You know, do they not know what to do? You know, mm-hmm. what's access, like just kind of like actually getting into the nitty gritty details with right. somebody. How can we make this work for your life? Cause it, I think it's, it's greatly important to make that work. But unfortunately most doctors don't have that kind of time. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then they get maybe sent to physical therapy, which could be good. But then if they go to physical therapy and the therapist is telling them that they can only do certain things, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. It's bad for your back. Oh, your back hurts. Well, you have to do this core training all the time forever. Right. And you're like, okay, that's not backed by research either. You right. can do other things. Yeah. Like the core training may be helpful, but it may not be because mm-hmm. I've had plenty of clients that do the core training and it doesn't feel good. And they're like, yeah. I hate this. Yeah. And I'm not going to do this. Right. So if, why would I keep telling them you should do this? Because it's not going to happen. Right. But then you try a different exercise and they're like, oh, this is cool. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let's do that then. You know. Yeah. So I think it still needs to permeate and you're seeing more like visible physical therapists and doctors. Like there's several, you know, content like clinical athlete, they're kind of powerlifting and, mm-hmm. you know, Olympic weightlifting base, but they have a good message to yeah. problem medicine are actual MDs, right. you know, and they are powerlifters. So mm-hmm. like you have, you know, improving message. It's just tough because, you know, a message of kind of this, I don't know, like this reasonable nature where it's not flippantly booty self, you know, right. booty <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> selfies or something, right. <laughs> which spreads like wildfire, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, it's, 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 it's hard because yeah. it's a message of nuance mm-hmm. that, you know, just unfortunately popular culture doesn't jump on kind yeah. of uncertain messages. You know, if like if I, someone says oh, I have back pain and they're like, what is it? And I'm like, I don't know. It could be a lot of things. Right. <laughs> like, right. It may not be something in, even in your back that's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, but it's hard for people to say, I don't know. You know, everyone wants to have an answer and then you might give them an answer, but then maybe then that keeps them hyper-focused on that thing. Right. It's tough. And that's happens with a lot of people with chronic pain. They're like, no, I have something. Your pain is real, regardless of where it's coming from or why it's happening. Mm. It's real. But focusing on that image and what you see there may not, you know, lead you to the best outcome absolutely what are we going to do about it like it's real but what are you going to do yeah you know um like you said it's worse if you just sit in it right yeah if you can live with it and move and then even progress you know that's the name of the game man. yeah oh nick man so much great information today is there anything else that you want to throw out there as we're wrapping up this episode like i said my simple mission is just to get more people lifting weights however that happens i'm planning actually doing more workshops probably something you know related to how to begin resistance training 
you know, yeah. so let people just field questions of like, oh, should I do this? Or is this okay? Or what if I just do machines? Is that okay? Like, yeah, machines are cool. Maybe like a basic nutrition, because there's a lot of information about nutrition out there that's kind of wild. So I'm just like, just basics, you know, kind of thing. That's kind of my thing is trying to figure out how do I help somebody just do it and start yeah. and then stay consistent. The consistency, I always tell people, was like, don't worry about optimizing this program at all. Perfect is the enemy of progress here. Just try to get more wins than losses at the end of the day, yeah. you know, start little bit by little. And so that's kind of the message I'm trying to promote with the exercise. And sometimes it's okay if you just show up. That's my goal. My, mm -hmm. my mission is to get people lifting weights and I'm trying to do it as authentically as I possibly can without diluting my message, you know? So that's, I think where I serve best and something like this, maybe one person hears and is like, Oh, that seemed interesting. Maybe I'll go try something. I'll go pick up some weights and do some bicep curls or yeah, something. Man. And we totally believe in your message here, man. And if anybody wants to get in touch with you, Nick, how could they get in touch with you or Beach Barbell? Oh, they can go to beachbarbell.com. Cool. And then I have all the contact info or, you know, they want to just stop by the gym. I'm, like I said, I'm pretty chill. Whatever you want to do. If you want to just come and talk with me, like I'm cool. Like That's if you want to start, if you want to just, you want to come try a class or you want to come check out the weights and try to move them a little bit and just see how it feels like, yeah, I'm cool. Like I'm pretty easy, you know? Nice. And, if, and if they get there and they're like, yeah, I think this is like a cool place for me. I'm like, all right, cool. You can join if you want to. Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not salesy. I just right. have a hard time with that. So right. I just kind of keep it simple. It's like, Hey, you want to work out with us? Cool, man. Come join yeah. us. You know? So I just try to keep it simple. That's awesome, man. We definitely want to have you back on the boat for life podcast. Maybe cool. come in and do some video and your Instagram stuff is great. I really believe in your mission, man. So thanks Thank for you. being on the boat for life. podcast. Thank you. Nick. <laughs> Appreciate it. I really enjoyed Nick's passion for fitness and for physical therapy, specifically helping people with chronic pain issues. He's a really smart dude. He's really passionate about what he does. He's in great shape and he walks the talk. I think Nick really puts other people's well-being before his own personal gain. And for that, Nick Markey, you are Bolt for Life. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Bolt for Life. Thanks again. This is Garrett Bolt for Bolt for Life.